Welcome to Extraordinary Ability with your host, Candace Ackerman. Every episode celebrates foreign nationals with extraordinary abilities who qualify for O-1, EB-1, and IW visas. Learn how you may qualify, especially if you have been denied other U.S. visas. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on www.visalawpros.com. Now here's the host of Extraordinary Ability, Candace Ackerman. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Extraordinary Ability. I'm delighted to invite today's guest, who I will plug as one of my favorite clients that I've had, because he's, you will soon see that he's very poised and refined and an expert in his field. So please, sir, introduce yourself, because I want you to say who you are and where you're from, and uh, enlighten all the viewers as to your area of extraordinary ability. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Candice, uh, very much. So yes, it, it was a pleasure to work with you in uh, many regards, but we'll get into that. So over the over the 30 years I spent in the telecom and manufacturing uh, sectors, spent a lot of time, you know, one, building uh, building my uh, sort of uh, stature in those re regards and, and making impact. I had an early start in a lot of those areas to help, you know, companies that were in difficult places, they were bankruptcy and or troubled and being able to turn those around for a company in your neighborhood called Blackstone. So spent a lot of uh, years working for uh, and with uh, companies that were in difficulties. And over that time, you know, really when you, when you're thrown into those types of situations, you really learn a lot. You learn a lot about how, what really makes a business function and how to actually make impact quickly within an organization and actually move, uh, move the company from a struggling time to profitable times to success to ultimate exits. And over those, you know, 30 years, half of them I spent with Blackstone doing this type of work and that created a lot of really great opportunities. But of course, it, it you know, grows and creates uh, abilities, which I love to uh, uh, to do. I then pivoted more into uh, coaching and helping other CEOs around the world uh, with their businesses and being able to do that. And then ultimately wrote a book and uh, created a lot of, I guess, as you call it, extraordinary abilities that helped me with my uh, application and being able to work abroad. I did spend a fair amount of time working and living in uh, the US over that period of time. So yes, excellent. So Randy, who didn't say his name, but it is posted on the screen, Randy Dewey, just summarized the content of the entire podcast in three minutes, but we are going to go back and uh, get a little more uh, information and detail because number one, you didn't, you didn't share with us where you're from, which, you know, I'm a big fan of your home country and we've had a lot of people on the on the show so far and probably are likely to in the future, but tell us, tell us and all the viewers, where are you from? Originally born and raised in Canada, in uh, Ontario, in a small town in southwestern Ontario. Uh, that was really where my start was. But over the years, I've worked in so many different countries and moved around. It feels like I'm a, a citizen of the world in some regards. But yes, Canada is my original place of birth. <laughs> okay, great. And so, and secondly, what I like to have the um, guests on the show discuss is uh, a few of the highlights, you know, that gave rise to your eligibility for for the status of a person of extraordinary ability. So you you mentioned briefly that you were a CEO, you were a business executive. I'll just chime in here with one practice note is that it's 
oftentimes you wouldn't think so, but it can be challenging for people of extraordinary ability in business because immigration thinks that that's a very, very broad category. So if you're a CEO or you're purporting to show extraordinary ability in business, they really want you to show you're like among the top 10 at the very, very top of your field. And they just think that that is a very broad global field that anyone involved in business altogether, you know, and so the, they can sort of strictly adjudicate these types of cases because in their mind, um, the category is so broad. So one thing you can do is sort of refine the category. And I believe that we mentioned that Randy was um, an executive among a select few at the very top of his field in the telecom industry. So over the course of your 30 plus years of experience leading up to our application for you or petition for you, can you think of maybe three of the highlights of your career that you're most proud of or maybe that were mentioned in the media um, that, you know, that you're proud of and were instrumentally involved in? Um, in succeeding with projects or deals or things that you think are worthy of mention? Absolutely. So I would say the three are, the first one, would, I would almost categorically put my years working for Blackstone companies in kind of that first one, because really the first 16 years I spent a lot of time going into companies that were really in trouble. They were either filed chapter 11 and they were looking to uh, reemerge. Uh, they were in some financial difficulty and as private equity, they're always trying to get to harvest on their assets. And I would go into those really troubled situations, uh, rally the team together, put the strategy together, help execute it and then get the ultimately get Blackstone to liquidity. Uh, those are really interesting years for me because you are really getting, you know, you got to get battle tested, right? And work through some of those more challenging situations and really get the best of the the organization working to help everybody get out of that uh, circumstance and as well then help the owners get to liquidity and then help the asset get to other set of hands that will take it from there and, and move it forward. So those for me were just, you know, I could go through the many different circumstances, but the theme was that you had to develop some incredible uh, abilities in various sectors, various circumstances, and then as well working with a parent company that really is wanting to get to liquidity on the asset. So uh, interesting moments for me in those first years. I would say 2007, uh, I, I left Blackstone, helped uh, uh, one of their assets move to liquidity. And by 2008, uh, August 2008 to be exact, I took over a role as an executive in a bank four weeks before Lehman Brothers collapsed. Uh, so number two circumstance was I one hadn't been in banking before, and now I'm in the in the the, the throes of the financial crisis. And uh, fortunately, I ended up getting the nod to be CEO in that period of time and took over uh, the bank in the middle of the financial crisis and led it through uh, that period, which was you know incredible. If you were living through those moments, it was unbelievable. But to be able to navigate a bank through the financial crisis and then help uh, the owners ultimately get to liquidity on the bank, we ended up selling the bank after a number of years. But that that for me was just an incredible experience to be able to take a bank through the financial crisis and as well help the shareholders at one point get to liquidity. So uh, fantastic uh, experience for sure, but very, very difficult, unusual situation. It wasn't something that uh, you know normal you end up doing in in your career but by circumstance and by situation i found myself uh, the leader of a bank uh the third one was when i went to finland and actually started uh to you know took over an asset there that was a media company turned it into one of uh, finland's uh premier uh, stations and media companies through Scandinavia.
Scandinavia, but particularly uh, with all the ads that's in Finland. So taking that and building a, a you know a country brand in a country I had never been to, which was a fantastic experience, uh, was I would say you know the other circumstance that was uh, just uh, fantastic. Helped the owners uh, get to liquidity on that asset, but over two years, three no, sorry three years, ended up building that business up uh, and uh, took it over in a difficult situation and built it to a, a great company and then ultimately sold it to Fox Europe. So lots of unusual experience, but three moments, uh, I would say, in my career that really helped uh, pave the way to uh, to uh, to answer your question. Great. So those um, highlights definitely showcase for all of us your street cred, if you will, in having extraordinary ability. However, we have um, discussed on this show many times that there's legal criterion, three of which you must demonstrate with evidence to show that the individual qualifies for uh, status as a foreign national of extraordinary ability. And the three we used for you, that you had served in a critical or essential role for distinguished organizations, that your wage was above average, and that there was published material about you. Now, I've spoken about uh, the published material about the individual on this podcast before, um, because USCIS likes to nitpick and make sure that you are the subject of the article and not just that you're quoted or mentioned or there's a picture of you. And again, I guess the insight that I'm pointing out here is that given how their predisposition to assume that a business executive, that it's almost, you know, it's very challenging to uh, display, to showcase and to qualify for a person of extraordinary ability in business, given that the genre and the category is so broad. Um, but we were able to find publishment, and we did get a request for evidence on that point regarding the published material, because specifically USCIS was trying to make the argument, which they readily do, that as CEO of a company, um, you quoting about the company's initiatives or you steering or leading or um, serving as the chief liaison for the company's activities and those successes are not necessarily attributable to you, but to the company that i.e. that being a representative of the company means that any published material about the company's successes are not necessarily one and the same as your successes or representing your successes or i.e. about you. So, um, but I do recall that in responding to that request for evidence that we managed to um, pull out uh, articles from your tenure at the telecom company in Finland. And even though those were from 2012, um, that they managed to push the case over the edge into a success and a win for you and for the firm um, because they showcased your, they chronicled your professional career. And so that was sufficient in the eyes of USCIS to determine that the published material, it was about you. And I do just want to add an addendum to that point, which is that um, sometimes, you know, if, it, if the only articles that we have to present are from over 10 years ago, that could raise an eyebrow because USCIS does like us to be able to demonstrate over a time continuum that not only were you extraordinary in 20, 2012, but that your prominence uh, in the field has that you've maintained that reputation over time. So we had other things to demonstrate that you quality qualified. And in addition, the 2012 article came in. So it's never too old necessarily, unless that's all we're relying upon. So it's good to just, you know, bring in uh, the briefcase or, you know, whatever it is that we have. And I sort of 
uh, determine what comes in, what, what is helpful, what may not be as helpful. But in this case, uh, we were thankful for the finished press about you from 2012. So uh, <laughs> kudos on that, on that find that you were still even able to salvage media articles back to 2012 from Finland. So I thank you now for, for those valiant efforts too. Um, and that would segue into, yeah, just speaking a little bit about perhaps, which I do ask the clients to discuss, maybe if you have any um, thoughts about what it was like to work with me and my firm as, you know, what was your reaction to getting the request for evidence? Many people have a moment of panic. They can be long, they can be verbose, they can have a lot of scary legal language in there. And then you feel your life is in the balance, but maybe share with us what it was like working with me and my firm pre-RFE, post-RFE, and then you know into the finish line end zone for the win, if you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Candace, it was a real pleasure meeting you back in 2019 when we started the journey together uh, for that. And I know my application and everything was on my own merits. And uh, of course, it wasn't necessarily tied to a specific company. So, uh, but you were exceptionally uh, talented at what you do, like just the degree of uh, detail and the amount of information you asked for and the digging that you made me do to go back to 2012. And uh, as you know, I was in the throes of writing a book at that time and, and you were just helpful and helping to navigate well that's got to be post and pre and so there was a there was a, just a, a real attention to detail that you had and you made the process uh, very rigorous but but very successful and uh just the uh just the responsiveness that you had and uh the challenges that you fared and and uh the way that you just navigated the whole case was just uh truly top shelf you're a world-class uh, immigration attorney for sure Thank you so much. And I'm remembering now that we did bring in, you know, minutes and notes of lectures that you had given at other banks in the in the financial community in Canada and some internal memorandum that had your name on it, because it's not all that common in the business world to find published material that creates this bifurcation between the person and the entity that they're running. And I'm not sure why they sort of seem to pick on that as a distinction, but they do not nonetheless. And uh, yeah, we were really, you know, calling on all, you know, fronts, including bank meeting minutes and internal financial memorandums, none of which I really understood in terms of content, but as long as it had your name on it and that I understood that you were responsible for putting that together and I published that, then um, from my end, that's what we needed to, to cross the finish line. So yeah, I very much enjoyed working on your case because it did, um, you know, create an opportunity for me to rise to the occasion and really go in the bunkers there with you and duke it out with USCIS on paper, which is what I'm frequently called upon to do. And so that gave me an opportunity to hone my skills and understanding of, you know, when you're filing an extraordinary ability case for a business person, um, sometimes, you know, you get a little, you know, nervous energy in your stomach because you already know in advance, you know, immigration sort of, um, parochial or narrow-minded approach to how you demonstrate somebody's extraordinary in the business world. Um, and in any case, um, mentioning your book is also a good segue into our my next question, which I do like clients to uh, show explain to the viewers and uh, 
uh, brag, if you will, about any accomplishments or achievements or segues in your professional career that you have since garnering the visa gone on to accomplish. So please feel free to brag and provide any accolades about other accomplishments that living and working in the U.S. has, you know, has enabled you to go on to accomplish here. Well, you know, as you were, as you recall, you know, after we got the process started in 2019, or not long after uh, COVID, I, I did write a book and launched that book. It's called When the Unthinkable Happens. It's back to the, the banking story that I told earlier, but it's also a book that really just sort of consummates the, the entirety of my career and a lot of the methodology used to be able to turn companies around. So that was a real great uh, launching pad for me because it ultimately ended up uh, in a situation where I got involved with CEO coaching and national world-class firm full of 60 former CEOs uh, that are coaching CEOs around the world. And I came into the organization as one of the CEO coaches and ultimately ended up uh, being asked and given the nod to take over as president of the of the company. So uh, relocated down to Orlando, Florida, and have been living and working in the, in Florida and around the U.S. So it's been, uh, it's been great. And of course, you came alongside me when I needed uh, to move to an O-1 visa and uh, you were super helpful. Your firm was very responsive. I think we were in and out in 20 days uh, from start to finish. And uh, again, just back to the same rigor you applied in 2019 to provide the information and tell me exactly what we needed to do and the, the information that needed to be provided. And then start to finish, you were able to just really knock the ball out of the park. So great job. And uh, I know you're a fellow Floridian as well in Miami. So uh, it's great. One day we'll actually meet in person and not over videos anymore. <laughs> yes. Well, I feel like there needs to be small language at the bottom of the screen that timing is subject to change because a couple of the podcasts have shown me being able to deliver, you know, within an X amount of time. But I'm not saying that given my standard of needing to have three meals a day and two showers and that I'm willing to give up one of the meals but not the showers means that I'm able to pull off that timeline for every client. So caveat, 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 but I'm glad that I was able to in your case. And I do try to give credence to people's deadlines and timelines, but I, yeah, I am uh, just one person and I do dry clean the cape from time to time, but caveat that timelines can be subject to change. Um, and is your book available on Amazon? Yes, yeah, absolutely. If you just look up my name, Randy Dewey, on Amazon, it'll pop up. It's, uh, it's that book's uh, there. It's been there for uh, almost a year and a half now. So, yeah, it's done really well. It's on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. So, it really hit some interesting stride at the at certain points. So, yeah, very thankful and I uh, really appreciate all the work that you've done and helped me with Candice. You've been fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm going to order the book after this podcast, following this podcast. And I guess just a final question, given that you, this is sort of your area coaching, hopefully not only for CEOs, but for the viewers and me and I, um, what what advice would you give for people who are, you know, have a lot of trepidation about going through the process to get an O-1 visa and demonstrate they have extraordinary ability? Not everybody needs to be, you know, the CEO of a telecom company in Canada or Finland or a CEO necessarily in general. But in terms of, you know, just preparation for gearing up for what can seem like an intimidating process for people, you know, do you have any advice for clients thinking of taking the plunge, what would you tell them? 
Well, it's it's a lot like business itself. You know, when I have taken over a company or been in the middle of a situation uh, and you know that there's a key risk or an area that you really need to accelerate uh, growth and or deliverables on, what do you do? You hire hire world-class people and you surround yourself with experts in those areas because you can't expect to to be an expert in every area. So make sure you surround yourself with great people to be able to accomplish an outcome. So I had an outcome I wanted to accomplish with was a, a green card and working with someone that had world-class capability in that area, which led me to you, which led to the opportunities that I, I find myself in today. So really appreciate uh, that from, from you and from your firm. Uh, but again, it really comes back to surrounding yourself with great people. So um, that is uh, that has always been key to my success and, uh, and absolutely would be key to the success in this area for, for folks that would uh, be looking to, uh, to qualify under the extraordinary abilities, get good people to help you make sure that you've got the abilities uh, that they're looking for. I'm honored and flattered for that compliment, number one. And number two, it's definitely mutual. I'm very much enriched by each and every one of my past past clients, current clients, and future clients, hopefully, um, just as much as uh, I play an important role in each of your lives, you all definitely enhance and enrich mine. And I learn so much about uh, what it means to be a lawyer, what it means to strive to, um, you know, work at the very highest levels in your professional life. And as I said, I'm very much enriched as much by my clients as hopefully they are by working with me um, in terms of developing their sense of self and their professional careers. And with that, I do just want to thank you so very much for your time today. I know you're probably super busy um, coaching everyone in the subject that we've just discussed. And uh, thank you for your time and for being a guest on my podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me today, Candice. Okay. Bye, everyone. See you next time. You've been tuning into Extraordinary Ability with your host, Candice Ackerman. Learn how you may qualify for O-1, EB-1, NIW visas, especially if you have been denied other U.S. visas. Please visit www.visalawpros.com to contact us and for other episodes. Thank you for your positive feedback, comments, questions, and for sharing this show with others.